Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. Good morning, church. It's good to be with you wherever you are. We're in week four of our online worship church. 100% online church. We're doing discipleship, carrying ministries, family ministries, as much as we can push your way. And this week we enter Holy Week. We're in Palm Sunday. So I want to encourage you, if you're still standing, to to sit down. Uh, If you're rolling around somewhere on the floor, please sit up because we're going to look to the Word together. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 13, and we're going to hear from God together and what He has to say to us. And as we open our Scriptures... Let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, we thank you that your word can reach us wherever we are. We thank you that your word is, can be transported, that it can come to us right where we are and enter our hearts. And we pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds to hear your word and be transformed and to know you better and to love you more. In Jesus' name, church said, amen. Matthew 21, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt wit by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them out on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Fear dominates the world stage. We're afraid. We're afraid of of COVID-19. We're afraid of sickness, afraid of death. We're afraid, and and we're being told that we're entering maybe the worst week. We're afraid. We're afraid of the economic downturn, everything that's changing. There isn't a single one of us that hasn't been touched. Our, Our plans have changed. Our dreams are set aside. It's easy to let fear run away with us. Listen to me now. Fear God and you have nothing to fear. Fear God and and you have nothing to fear. Deny God and you will fear everything in your path. Oswald Chambers once said, the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Fear God, and you have nothing to fear. 
What does that mean? Fear God. It means have a right relationship with God. Recognize that God is the one to whom you owe reverence, to whom you owe uh, that kind of uh, fear, not in a way of cowering fear, but of respect. That God is the one who holds your life. He is the ultimate power. Fear God. Be in that right relationship with God. Know that God and God alone holds your life. Without that, I'm telling you, you will fear every single touch, every single breath, every single step you take. It kind of reminds me of a little while ago when I was with the team in Havana, Cuba, and, and we were kind of walking the streets, and, and you don't know where to walk when you're walking the streets in Havana, Cuba. You can walk on the sidewalks, but over the sidewalks are these concrete patios, these porches that are falling apart, so you never know when concrete's going to fall down on your head. Or, so you walk in the middle of the street, but when you walk in the middle of the street, these uh, electric uh, scooters and, and motorcycles come up behind you silently, and they get right up on your heels, and then they give you a little beep. And what that beep means, that beep means you've got three seconds to get out of the way, and you live or die. That's, that's beep. So, you know, you never, you never feel safe. You don't know where to go. You don't, everything is a threat. Listen to me. Fear God and dread not. Fear God and you've got nothing to fear. Fear God and, and dread, dread not, N-A-U-G-H-T. Have you ever heard that? If you fear God, you've got nothing to fear. You've got nothing to fear. Jesus of Nazareth was fearless. Today's Palm Sunday, it's one of our favorites. It's usually a Sunday where you, can't, you cannot find a seat in the church and kids are waving palms and singing and, and we just love Palm Sunday. Well, this year is a little bit different. We're gathered in our different places of worship in our living room, so I'm just going to have to encourage you kids, just if you find some houseplants nearby, just run off and grab some branches, rip them off, the, or, or, or you can get some coats, you know, because they also threw coats down in front of Jesus, so grab some coats, throw them in front, and, uh, and we'll celebrate Palm Sunday together. We've been studying this Jesus of Nazareth, the life of Jesus, the real person, you know, I'm kind of looking with the historian's eye, like, what would, you would have, what would you have seen from the outside? If you were a reporter, what would you have written down? What happened? Well, this is one of the most famous events in Jesus' life. Jesus of Nazareth rode into Jerusalem on the Sunday prior to the Passover celebration. Well, friends, I'm standing on the, the steps of the second temple, the original steps, where Jesus would have come up and ministered, where Paul had his ministry, where Peter had his ministry. And Jesus came on what we call Palm Sunday from the Mount of Olives, and he entered the East Gate and went into the temple where the presence of God was maintained by the people. But what Jesus found there wasn't right. The house of God had been taken over by selfish interests. And so Jesus stepped forward with authority and he proved that he was willing to be the one to set things right. Well, things are not set right here still, but we do have a home with God in Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth rode in with the throngs of people he came in through the east gate 
into Jerusalem, and he rode into the temple to set things right. Jesus of Nazareth was fearless. If you follow Jesus around for any, any amount of time, that's exactly what you would think of him. You'd think, this guy has no fear. He's got some kind of inner self-confidence. He, he, he was, seemed like he was never afraid. Some angry crowds tried to throw him off a cliff in Nazareth, and he just walked through the middle of them. You know, he wasn't scared about who he was talking to. He would talk to uh, religious leaders. He talked to Roman generals. He would talk to demon-possessed madmen. He wasn't scared. He's never afraid, he's fearless. Even in family conflict, when his mother and his brothers came and they thought that he had lost his mind, Jesus was unflappable, he was calm. There was one time when Jesus was in a boat and he was sleeping in the stern of the ship. Even though this fishing boat was in the middle of a storm so bad, everybody in the boat thought they were gonna die. And there he was asleep, fearless, at peace. You know, I mean, if you walk with Jesus, you'd, you'd start to think this guy is kind of like super, superhuman. He's got some kind of internal superpowers that nobody else knows about, you know? It kind of reminds me of those Arnold Schwarzenegger movies where, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger would come out and there'd be a hundred soldiers all firing machine guns at him and he'd just stand in the middle of the street, you know? You're not going to hit me. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's just like, it's like Jesus has got this kind of the superpower quality, like Captain Marvel, Superman, he's bulletproof, invincible, invulnerable. Jesus was fearless. And on Palm Sunday, he proved just how fearless he was. As he made his way like a lion walking across the Serengeti, he made his way into Jerusalem, the very seat of power, and he started to push off what was wrong and set up what was right. Now, a little bit of geography here. Jerusalem is in hill country. I mean, they call them mountains. But, you know, I mean, we live in Colorado. We wouldn't call them mountains. But, but you, you know, but the Mount of Olives, it would probably take you 45 minutes to walk up the Mount of Olives. But the Hill of Olives just doesn't have the same ring. So that's fine. You call it the Mount of Olives. But the, the Mount of Olives uh, is, uh, is here. And Jesus, he was camping on the backside of the Mount of Olives. And, and he would come over with the crowds, with the throngs, all this parade of people that are coming over the Mount of Olives, down the side, and into what they call the Kidron Valley, which, again, it's not really a valley. It's just kind of a draw because you're immediately going up the side of Mount Zion. And Mount Zion has got uh, the Jerusalem up on the top of it. And, and you can see the East Gate and the temple uh, up above that. You can see the whole thing in front of you as you come down the Mount of Olives and then up and into Jerusalem itself. And you'd go through what's called the East Gate. Sometimes it's called the Golden Gate because of the way the sun hits it in the morning. Sometimes it's called Mercy's Gate. And it's where the Messiah is prophesied to enter. And Jesus rode in on a donkey. But everybody was going through that gate that day. The fact that Jesus rode in on a donkey, yes, that does that does answer a prophecy of the coming Messiah from Zechariah, but actually I want to focus on what he did next. Verse 10, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. See, he was a known figure. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying 
and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Can you imagine this with me for just a minute? Here comes Jesus into, into Jerusalem, into the temple courts, and, and here's this guy sitting behind a table, you know, with his coins all stacked up, and hey, welcome to Jerusalem. Would you like to exchange some coins? How can I help you? You see, coins, the Roman coins, they had Roman Caesar on them and and they had claims of divinity of of that person who was printed on there. And so it was sacrilegious to take that coin, give it into the offering. So you had to exchange your coins. So you can imagine this guy just just sitting here running his business. Hey, welcome to Jerusalem. Can I help you today? Would you like to exchange some coins? Just a small fee, just a small fee. Or would you like a, a sacrifice of an animal? I've got some great animals over here, just a small fee. And Jesus comes up to this guy and he puts his hands under the table and he flips it up, throws it on the guy's lap, coins everywhere, everybody gasping, shouting. I mean, the disciples have got to be like, what's going on? Are we ready for a riot? Is this where the revolution starts? And And then he turns and he does it again. He flips another one and then he kicks over a bench. And now there's, there's all kinds of shouting and yelling and, and all kinds of turmoil and, and people don't know what to do. There's guards coming in. And Jesus turns to them. It is written, he said to them, verse 13, my house will be called a house of prayer. That's Isaiah 56, 7. But you are making it a den of robbers. Jeremiah 7.11. Now, there's lots of problems with the the temple system and the money changers. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with selling T-shirts in the lobby of the church or, or, you know, coffee mugs to share the gospel or, or, uh, uh, you know, having a coffee shop that sells lattes. It's not anything about that. Jesus says, my house will be called a house of prayer. That passage in Isaiah is all about differentiating between those who are using the temple and taking advantage of the system to take advantage of others and to profit from it and those who are coming with a genuine and a humble spirit to be with the Lord. Jesus says, my house will be called a house of prayer. And now catch that. He says, my house. My house, he says. My house is going to be a place where, where people can, can pray and their prayers can be heard by God. My house is a place where people can be in right relationship with God, where people can enjoy the presence of God. That's my house. My house is a place where people, they, they can come to God and be known by God and loved by God on the basis of what God has promised, what God has done, his covenants of grace that come to them freely. That's my house. Not some chintzy tourist shop, buy your ticket, take your ride. No, my house is where people get to be with the God who loves them. And then Jeremiah, you've made it a den of robbers, Jesus said. That's from Jeremiah chapter 7. I want to read that passage for you. Starting at verse 2, it says this, Stand at the gate of the Lord's house. All right, we're there, right? And there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord. All you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Reform your ways and your actions. 
and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. So you can't base everything on lies and then think that just because it's a temple, that's going to cover all that. No, you've got to reform your ways. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, you see, when you follow lies and you follow other gods, that's to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your ancestors forever and ever. But look, you are trusting deceptive words that are worthless. And then verse 11. Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? But I've been watching, declares the Lord. Friends, that's what Jesus had in mind when he flipped those tables and kicked those benches over. He had in mind to set things right. Jesus was fearless. You see, fear God, and you have nothing to fear. Many historians say this is what got Jesus killed. You see, the the Jewish leaders, they had no tolerance for a disruption to temple prophets. The Roman leaders, they had no patience for public disturbances. There were plenty of crosses available for men like Jesus. In an age of anxiety, in a moment of of global panic, of, of universal fear, where mortality has marched out onto the battlefield in the form of this little virus and and calls out to us like Goliath, come and fight me. In a moment like that, in a moment like this, I want you to see Jesus. When we wonder how long is it going to be and how difficult is it going to be, how much pain are we going to face, when we wonder what the future holds, in this moment, I want you to see Jesus bold and fearless. Jesus strong to set things right. Jesus at peace in the middle of all that brings people fright. Jesus, I want you to see Jesus. Jesus is our rock. This is why we talk about Jesus, our Savior, as the rock of ages. This is why we quote Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Fear God and stand with Jesus because when you stand with Jesus, what can prevail against you? What can touch you? What can overtake you? Fear God and dread not. Dread nothing. Fear nothing. Stand with Jesus. Fear God. Be in right relationship with God. Enter the house of prayer in Christ. Be in God. And you have nothing to fear, for nothing can touch your life. Your life is hidden with God in Christ. Colossians 3 says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. It may look like you're surrounded. It may look like things are coming at you, but you are surrounded by Christ and nothing can touch you. You've given your life to Jesus. Now, what can take your life away when you've already given your life to him and he holds it and he guards it and he keeps it 
He keeps it for eternal life. Friends, fear not. Fear God and dread not. In Christ, there is life in death. There is life after death. There is life over death. When your life is hidden in Christ, fear God and you have nothing to fear. Or else, walk in fear of every single blade of grass. Jesus of Nazareth was fearless. But there was a moment when he felt fear. You see, coming down the side of the Mount of Olives, uh, a little more than halfway down, there's a grove of olive trees. It's called the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the last place the sun would hit as it rises. And from there you can see you can see everything. You can see Mount Zion, the, the, the east wall of Jerusalem, the temple. And it was only four days after Palm Sunday on Thursday that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means olive press. And Jesus felt like he was being crushed. And he knelt down and he prayed at a rock. And he felt fear. Luke, the physician, recorded it this way. He said, And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. It's called hematidrosis. It's when you're feeling so much pressure, so much anxiety, that your, your physical body reflects and, and, and reacts to the emotions that you're feeling and the small capillaries in your skin, they burst, and, and it causes your sweat to, to go pink. And if you rubbed it or, or if it gathered up in a drop, it would be as red as blood. And every square inch, every square inch of your skin would would be tender to the touch. Jesus felt fear. You see, he knew, he knew that the soldiers were coming his way. He knew that his friend Judas had betrayed him and he knew what it was going to cost to set us free. It was going to cost the cross. Jesus, fearless, felt that much fear. Why? Because he resolved to take on everything that it meant to be divorced from the Father. Jesus resolved to take our place and to feel our fear on our behalf. He resolved. And it wasn't the physical pain or the shame that made him cry. It was the separation from God the Father that he was about to endure on our behalf. He took on our fear so that we could be free. He took our anxiety on himself. You see, fear God and nothing can touch you. But deny God, break with God, and every blade of grass, every breath, every touch, every flat surface is a threat to your life. And that's where Jesus went. Jesus went there for us. He went into fear on our behalf. Isaiah describes what it's like to break with God 
In Isaiah chapter one, he wrote, woe to the sinful nation, the people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They've spurned the Holy One of Israel. They've turned their backs on him. That's what it's like to, when you turn your back on God. Okay, what is that like? It says from the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed, were bandaged, were soothed with olive oil. That's what separation from God feels like. That's what that fear, that pain, that anguish feels like. And that's what Jesus entered into. Jesus went into that place. He bore our sins. He entered our place of pain and fear and anxiety. And where we had separated ourselves from God, Jesus went. And he said, I'll take on the fear. You be free. I'll take on the, 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 I'll be scared. You be alive. I'll take on the wounds. You be well. So take your place. Jesus felt fear. He felt fear to set us free. Yes, Jesus felt fear, you see. Fearless Jesus took our fear on himself so we could be free. He felt fear because he chose to take ours. But courage is not the absence of fear, but the resolve to carry on in the face of it. Friends, we're in a very scary time, a frightening time, and it's so easy to let fear run away with us and just carry us off. Fear not. Fear God and dread not. You don't need to fear everything that everybody else fears. Isaiah said that in another passage. He said, do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. And look at this. Do not fear what they fear and do not fear. That doesn't mean we don't respect this virus or we're not careful or anything like that. But we don't have to live in fear. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. He will be a holy place. A holy place. A safe place. A rock. A refuge. A mighty tower, a house of prayer. Where is your place of peace? Where can you find refuge? Where can you fear not? It's in Christ. It's in Jesus. Fearless Jesus took on our fear so that we, in him, could be free. Let's pray. Lord, there's so much that causes us to feel fear. There's so many thoughts, so many unknowns, Lord, that can cause us to tremble and shake all the way from the top of our head to the bottom of the soles of our feet. But Lord, we know that our lives are held in you. We know that you are a safe place, that you are a refuge and a rock of salvation, the rock of ages, when we hide ourselves in you. Lord, we know that our lives are held in you and that there's nothing that can reach us when our lives are held in your hand and in your care.
And so I pray that every one of us, Lord, that everyone listening to the sound of my voice, everyone worshiping, everyone open would know their lives hidden in you and would know the victories that you have won to make us safe, to free us from fear, and to give us eternal life. Lord, open every heart, and may today be a day of salvation for many who turn to you and say, Lord, hold my life, keep my life. I don't want to walk afraid. I want to walk in you, and I want to know that I'm yours forever and ever. Make that your prayer today. Lord Jesus, reach out and save many and help us to walk free. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the First Prez podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprezcos.org.